This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're still in the month of LinkedIn. I love working with LinkedIn. More importantly, I love talking with other experts about how to best use LinkedIn because everybody has great tips, great techniques. And so please join me in welcoming Deborah Jason to our program today, one of those experts. Hey, Deb. Nice to see you again. Well, actually, I guess I'm not seeing you. I'm just I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm looking at your picture on LinkedIn. Um, it's funny. I, I've started doing that. So, you know, I look at someone's picture as I'm interviewing them. So it's like I'm actually talking to them. Um, well, that's a great yeah. idea. I actually do the same thing sometimes when I have a call schedule. I'll pull up a LinkedIn profile. So that's one of the great reasons to have a LinkedIn profile. Right. Well, and and gosh, we're just leaping right into this. You know, <laughs> as, as you're talking with them, you can be looking at their profile for something you might mention to them. Like, oh, hey, I see that you went to X university or, or whatever. So absolutely. Okay. Okay. We're going to backtrack and I'm going to tell people <laughs> just a little bit about you. So Deborah Jason started her copywriting business from scratch with one client to her name and no degree in marketing. After consistent and persistent efforts to market herself and keep marketing herself, she is proud to be with us today, still in business, close to 30 years after she opened her doors. In addition to her copywriting business, Deborah is a national speaker, marketing mentor, and author of the award-winning book, Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget. From business owners and engineers to speakers and real estate agents, she has guided hundreds of professionals in creating robust and optimized LinkedIn profiles that help them open the doors to receiving more opportunities on the network. I invited her here to join us today to discuss some common mistakes often made on LinkedIn and how to avoid them. So again, Deborah, welcome. Well, thanks, Deb. It's always fun to have Deb and Deborah on the show. I know, I know. And, you know, for those of you, she's D-E-B-R-A and I'm D-E-B-O-R-A-H. So I'm the Deborah. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> fun when we've got the Deb program going on here. D squared. I know, that's it. D squared. Hey, we can take that on the road. I think that'd be <laughs> Okay, okay. We've really digressed. Um, but, you I think... It, I was trying to remember, you and I actually, have have we ever really, it, we have met in person, even though we are both from Colorado. We never met until after I had moved to Atlanta. And so all of our relationship building has been online, you know, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, but it's where we've gotten to know each other. And, you know, that is just the power of the platforms is to be able to build relationships with people long distance. I love that you said that because when I do presentations, whether they're about LinkedIn or marketing, I always tell people that's what it's about, mm -hmm. it's about building and nurturing relationships. And I actually tell them to ditch the pitch. Mm -hmm. you know, first, get to know that person, see what you have in common and start to nurture. And actually, it's not just marketing. Life is about building and nurturing. Right. 
relationships. Right. You know, we, we all laugh at the, the, the joke that we now say, you know, you wouldn't ask somebody to marry you on the first date. Usually, Um, you know, and and the same thing is true. You know, you need to get to know people before you pitch them. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about that later. I'm I'm assuming in the program when we're talking about how to connect with people. But, you know, it is something we need to build relationships. And, And it's funny, you and I were talking before the program that, in my opinion, I think more and more people are kind of getting turned off by Facebook for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's run its course. You know, there's posts that we don't like seeing, all these various things. But we do recognize that as business owners, we still need to connect with people online. Like I said, you're in Denver. I'm here in, in Atlanta. Um, you know, and, and you know, we, we all have connections from people around the world, all these various things. And I think more and more business professionals are coming back to LinkedIn. And so that's part of why I really wanted to do this series of programs and talk to people like you. Well, you know, there's a reason that LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network <laughs> and that it continues to grow. And I think, like you said, more and more people, I think Facebook is not going to go away. Right. But I find more and more people are getting upset by the conversations that take place or they're afraid to post something because they're afraid what somebody might comment. Mm-hmm. It might be against the grain. And so on Facebook in particular, you know, it's not just business unless, of course, you're on your business page. But mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I find personal profiles on Facebook get more engagement than the business profiles. Mm-hmm. And same even, I think, on LinkedIn. I find personal profiles on LinkedIn get more engagement than company pages. Right. Um, And and company pages are kind of an an interesting critter on LinkedIn. They're starting to push them more. But, you know, it is a, a place where businesses can connect with people. But I think many businesses are using them to post jobs, which, you know, is is still one of the primary things of LinkedIn is connecting people um, with, you know, potential employees and employers. You know, I find, yes, there's truth to that. Um, but recently, actually, I gave a presentation. It was a marketing presentation. And there was a section we did about LinkedIn. And someone mm-hmm. asked about company pages. And I feel like larger corporations are using them maybe more successfully for the reason you're talking about, smaller businesses, like small solopreneur businesses, my feeling was, Mm -hmm. I don't know that they really need a company page. Right. Because people want to do business with people. Mm -hmm. And so for a smaller business, you know, they're going to go look at your personal profile to learn more about you. A large corporation, yeah, they might go to the company page and they may go to the website. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, again, it comes back to the people and the relationships. Right. You know, and, and even LinkedIn itself will say that it's, it's B2B, so business to business. But no matter what, it is person to person. You know, I'm not going to do business with a business. I'm doing business with a person. person. Yep. You know, yes, and, and, you know, I speak a lot to... Um, Realtor associations and some realtors go, well, I'm not going to find, you know, someone's not going to go to LinkedIn to search for a realtor. And I said, so why should, and they fit, they think, well, why should I be on LinkedIn then? And I'm like, well, you're right. They may not go to LinkedIn to find their realtor, but they might've met you somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, or heard about you and they might go searching for you. And guess what? These days, LinkedIn profiles show up higher than even your website. Right. So they'll do their due diligence 
and read about you. And if you have a LinkedIn profile that's not robust, they're not going to learn as much about you as you probably would like them to. Right. So there are many reasons. And one of the things is, and, and, you know, so we'll just kind of delve into the, the mistakes that people make, is that they set up their LinkedIn profile and then they set it and forgot it. You know, they didn't go back in and update it. They don't do posts, all of those various things, which, you know, is, is obviously a huge mistake. Yeah, I'll have people say, you know, I'm not getting any results from LinkedIn. And I'll say, well, what are you doing? And they're like, well, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, let me go look at your profile. And just like you said, Deb, there's nothing on their profile. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe if they're good, they had a picture. Maybe they have, you know, a, a professional headline that says what they do, mm-hmm. but they haven't completed a summary. They haven't really filled out their experience. There's, you know, basically the bones of the profile. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I think you and I may have talked about this at one point, but to me, LinkedIn is like joining a chamber of commerce. Hmm. Um, And the way that I liken the two is a lot of people join a chamber of commerce, they pay their dues, and then they cross their arms and they sit back and they say, what are you going to do for me? Right. And some people put up a LinkedIn profile and like I said, maybe it's the bare bones and then they sit back and cross their arms and they go, okay, bring it on. Mm Mm-hmm. For both of those, my philosophy is you need to get involved. Mm -hmm. You need to engage. So at the Chamber of Commerce, you join a committee. You go to events. On LinkedIn, you go post your own information, but you go share what other people are posting or you comment on what other people are posting. Mm -hmm. Or if people post on your update or your article, then you respond to them. Right. So it's about engagement. It's about building that good old KLT factor. Mm-hmm. You know, that Bob Burke. No like and trust. Mm-hmm. No like and trust. And people, you know, all things being equal, Bob says people do business with and refer business to the people they know, like, and trust. And so LinkedIn gives you that opportunity to build that KLT. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even if you're not going to post, your information there has got to be current. You know, I love it when I go to somebody's LinkedIn profile and they're like two jobs behind or mm-hmm. something like that. And, and to go back to the, the analogy that you just said with the chamber, you wouldn't hand somebody a business card from a prior position. Right. So, you know, and, and so that's where it's so important to, to keep that information current. Absolutely. You know, some people, and I don't know if it's still the case, but um, at one point in time, LinkedIn said that they like people to share at least two of their job experiences. So Mm -hmm. a current one and a past one. Mm -hmm. And some people will say to me, well, I've been at my current position for 25 years. Right. My my prior job was I was a babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, well, there's probably something. And, you know, the interesting thing is, can you... can you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Can you sort of link the two jobs somewhere? Can you find something that made them in common? So for example, right. um, one of the gentlemen whose profile I wrote, he was, at the time that I wrote the profile, he was in the relocation business. And his job was to um, move people. Let's say they worked for IBM in New York, and mm-hmm. now they were moving to IBM in Colorado. Oh, Okay. His job was to make sure that that was a smooth transition. And so it was a moving company. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what does that have to do with what I did before I was in the hospitality industry? And I said, okay, so what Customer was your Customer service. 
Absolutely. That's exactly what we came up with. Mm-hmm. In the hospitality industry, he wanted to make sure his hotel guests, his customers were happy. In the relocation business, he wanted to make sure that that person was happy and that the move was a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. So we found a way to link those two because one of the important things on LinkedIn are keyword phrases. Right. And so if you can have those keywords, you know, throughout your profile without stuffing them, Mm -hmm. um, then it helps you get found on LinkedIn if somebody's doing a search. Right. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned keyword phrases. I have your book, Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget, right here in front of me. See? Here it is. And you have... I can hear you. I know, I know. You have an entire chapter on LinkedIn, of course. Um, And one of the things you talk about is six places to include your keywords when setting up your profile. So, you know, we might not do all six, but talk about some of the the places. And, And first, what is a keyword and why do we need to be so concerned about them? So, like Google... LinkedIn is a search engine. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't know you and they don't know, you know, your name or your company name and they're on LinkedIn and they're searching, they're going to search a keyword phrase. Right. Yeah, people always think you're only looking for a person by their name in LinkedIn, but that's not true. I mean, you can oh, search a lot of people with keywords. Yes, and a lot of people use it as we know for lead generation. Mm-hmm. So they might be looking for um, the director of marketing mm-hmm. for a company. So if someone were to go to your profile and you are director of marketing, but it doesn't say that anywhere, there's no phrase that says or even has the word marketing in it, mm-hmm. um, they're not likely to find you right. when LinkedIn pulls up the search results. Mm-hmm. So for example, one popular word for real estate agents a lot of them say that they're a realtor with the ABC company. Right. Well, imagine if you went to LinkedIn and searched realtor, how many results you would get? A lot. So I go here, back Let to me try it. Let me just try realtor. Are you going to do it right now? <laughs> I'm doing it right now. I just typed it in. I came up with 1,050,369. Right. That's just so. the, the generic <laughs> search. Mm-hmm. What I tell people is that here's the importance of a keyword phrase. And it doesn't have to just be a keyword because obviously realtor would be a word, mm-hmm. but the phrase might be Boulder real estate or a Boulder real estate agent or a Colorado real estate agent mm-hmm. or um, working with first time home buyers in Boulder, Colorado. So then just like in Google, if someone were to search realtor and they got, you know, 2 million results, they would then go back and go, oh, I meant a realtor in Boulder County Mm -hmm. or a realtor in Denver um, or Lafayette or Louisville. Mm -hmm. These are all for those who are listening. These are all towns around Boulder and Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what we mean by keyword phrases is think about what would somebody search if they don't know you, they don't know your name. um, but they want to find someone like you. Right. And those keyword phrases need to be in several places throughout your profile right. so that you would hopefully show up if someone searched. Well, and here's an example. I just typed in Marietta, real estate agent, because Atlanta's really, really big. And so, you know, we, we need to narrow it down further. And so that brought up just a little over 2,000. Right. So that's, you know, and, and so that's a little more manageable. Right. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and, and so then you can drill down from there. So whether, like you said, you know, you're looking for someone as you know, a business partner, a business associate, somebody you want to work with, potential client, potential employee, 
you know, that's where these keywords are so important. So let's talk about, you know, the places where you can use keywords. So what are, what are some of the places where you can really use these keywords? In so the first place that people don't realize is what we call the professional headline. And that's, you know, the line right under your name. Mm-hmm. And most people just let LinkedIn autofill that with right. whatever they post as their current experience. But you can go in there and adjust that professional headline. You have 120 characters that you can use in there. And they're characters, not words. Mm-hmm. So what I... Encourage- face counts as a character. Right. <laughs> so I encourage people to, if they have a tagline that incorporates their keywords, for example, mine is marketing and writing with heart, not hype. Well, marketing is a keyword and mm-hmm. writing is a keyword. Mm-hmm. So those are in my professional headline along with other keywords such as marketing speaker mm-hmm. or LinkedIn marketing or copywriting services. Mm-hmm. And for those who may be listening that are speakers, one of the mistakes that speakers make is they put in keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a lot of keynote speakers. So are you a keynote speaker on the topic of marketing? Are you a keynote speaker on wellness, on leadership? Mm-hmm. Same with authors. Somebody might put that they're an author. Well, are you a science fiction author? Are you a mystery author? Are you a, you know, think of getting more specific about what you do, but that's your professional headline. And that's where you can put one of the, your keywords mm-hmm. to begin with. The next place is your summary section. Mm-hmm. And one of the mistakes that people make is a lot of them don't even put in a summary section. I know, they skip the summary section or it has one or two sentences. Right, and you have 2,000 characters in your summary section. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the mistakes is not having one. So make sure you have one. And when you write it, there's a couple of things I tell people, and you can tell me if you're, you agree with this. Um, write it in the first person. So, because it's a little bit about you, but it's also about how you help people. Mm-hmm. So it share is. a little bit of your history, but then, you know, share how you help people. Right. Because when LinkedIn, when people get to your LinkedIn profile, they're only going to see the first three lines of your summary. Mm-hmm. Then they have to click on the show more button. Right. It's funny that you asked that because that is always what I tell people is that you make it first person. So I believe I have done, I help, you know, all those various things. And I recently changed mine to third person. So I'm experimenting with it. Um, You know, and, and, and it's, it's kind of interesting because my original thought process was it should be something like, I'm just talking to you, right? Because again, Uh we're building relationships. And so I'm not going to say, well, Deb does this and Deb does that. Right. But Part of it, I'm well, I don't know, I'm trying to, to decide <laughs> if this really is something that I'm going to stick with or not, is, is the first person or making it third person. I've had good reactions both ways, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it's interesting. But yeah, my, my, my personal preference is the vast majority of the time, personalize it by making it like you would be saying it. In fact, after you've written it or as you're, you're writing it, read it out loud to see, you know, how it flows. That's a great idea. And now that you just mentioned writing it, one thing I suggest that people do is write it in a Word document first. Oh, definitely. 
for spell check, um, if nothing else. <laughs> yes, so that, you have, so that you have it somewhere because mm -hmm. I've had people, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, whether it's on LinkedIn or something where you're typing away and you think this is great and then all of a sudden you hit a button and it disappears. Right, or your internet connection goes down. Yeah, all right. sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's a second place to put your keyword phrases. So we've got your professional headline and then you have your summary section. The next place to put it would be in your current experience. Mm -hmm. So another mistake that people make oftentimes with the experience section is they say, for example, I'm a realtor or I'm the owner or I'm the founder. Mm -hmm. And then they put their company name. Well, what I tell people in my workshops is owner and founder, the only person, well, not the only, but maybe someone who would search for owners or founders might be a venture capital person. Right. Looking to Sadly, invest. most people don't care that I founded my own company. Right. So what's the keyword phrase that describes what you do? Mm -hmm. um, put that in your job title. And you same know, so thing with president, you know, right. CEO, all those various things. Unless you are specifically targeting for some reason a CEO you know, you're not going to look for that. You're going to look for the, the, the words that describe what they do. Right. Again, going back to, you know, real estate agent in Marietta, Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. So think of it, not just the keywords could go in that job title, but then another mistake people make is they often don't fill out the description of the job. Right. And some people think, oh, I'll just take what I wrote in my summary section and put it in the description of my job. Mm-hmm. Two different things. You know, talk about in your description, talk about what is it you're achieving in the job. Mm -hmm. Did you increase productivity? Did you increase profits? Give some people some real, you know, uh, information. Right. And people what like numbers. You know, you mentioned, did you increase profits? We'll talk about either the amount or the percentage. Right. Right. Give them some, you know, dollar figures or say that you grew the customer base, you know, 20% or mm -hmm whatever it is that applies to what you're doing. You sold X number of homes in the last year or mm -hmm. those kinds of things. So uh, keep that in mind. We've got the professional headline, the summary, your current experience. And then as we were talking about earlier, past experience. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing my own business now for 30 years, but I still have something in my past experience um, because one of those jobs I did many years ago was as a junior copywriter. And copywriter mm. is one of my keyword phrases. Right. So by including that, it gives me the opportunity to get the keyword phrase in there. Mm -hmm. Well, so. and one thing that I want to touch on when we're talking about keywords, don't get cute with this, folks. You know, people do that with their keywords, and they do it a lot of times with their job titles. You know, I am the CEO, uh, or, you know, I'm the, the, the chief enterprising officer in charge of book, you know, it, they get so cute with it. That's, that's not a search term. Nobody else is going to search for those things. So the keywords that you need to use are things that people are going to look for. You know, this comes back to, you know, long ago and still when we were developing websites, what are people searching for? Right. It's so important to keep that in mind. Um, I have someone I'm working with her on her LinkedIn profile. And um, I asked her, you know, what are the keyword phrases that people might search for you? Mm -hmm. She happens to be a scientist, so her lingo is quite different. Oh, but dear. she went into 
data scientists with skills in computational modeling, data mining, machine learning, data visualization, mm-hmm. interpretation, translation of analytics. Um, you know, she went on and on. And I'm like, okay, we've got to reel that in. Right. Some of those are good buzzwords, mm-hmm. but you know, we're not going to you obviously you can't put absolutely everything in there. So mm-hmm. think of what are the most important things that somebody would be searching mm-hmm. if they were looking for somebody like you. Right. And you mentioned the phrase keyword stuffing. And that's that's exactly what you were talking about when you're using every single phrase. So again, read it out loud. If it's you know if if you have trouble reading it out loud yourself, then people aren't going to read it. Right. That and you know, by stuffing, we also mean putting it in too many times. Mm-hmm, right. So that when I'm a social media point, expert who works with people doing social media. <laughs> yeah. right. right. So that when you do read it out loud, you're going, well, that, that phrase is really in there a lot, isn't it? Um, so reading it out loud really sort of helps you sift through it and edit out mm-hmm. places that you're going, okay, you know, now I'm kind of overdoing it. Right. Right. Um, you know, and. I, I also want to be clear, it's okay to be bragging about yourself, folks. Um, you know, now, don't make it so much that people are going, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, this is the, the place where, you know, and there's obviously sections where you can talk about your awards and things like that. But this is the place to brag. Um, you know, and I was uh, doing a seminar one time for people who were looking for jobs. And, you know, this this shy woman, you know, raised her hand and she said, but... I, I don't feel comfortable bragging about myself. And I said, you know, and, and this was actually a faith-based training. And I, I told her, I said, you know, you, we were, were told, you know, let your little light shine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she looked at me and she went, oh. I said, now I'm not saying that you're going to brag so much that people aren't going to believe it, but it's okay to tell people what you've accomplished. And it's, it's, it's particularly difficult, I think, for women. You know, we just weren't taught, especially, you know, women of <clears throat> a certain age, you know, we weren't taught to brag about ourselves. Bless the millennials. They will do it, you know, to their little heart's content. I think that's wonderful. But, you know, for, for kind of the older demographic women, we were really told that's not ladylike don't brag, don't bring attention to yourself. No, no, that's not appropriate. You know, here it's okay. I have, as a copywriter, I have a lot of people, one of the reasons people hire me is because they say I'm having a hard time writing about myself. And one Mm -hmm. of the hardest things you probably will do is write about yourself for just the reason that you're talking about. But Mm -hmm. keep this in mind. I think I wrote this in my book. Um, when I first started my copywriting business, one of my first clients said to me, are you good at what you do? And are you going to say, eh? <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, of course I am. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say it because I was being cocky. If you don't believe that you're good at what you do, then how could you be offering your service right. to do it for somebody else? Right. There's that series of commercials going on right now. And, and the funny thing, I don't remember who they are for, but it's, you know, you're just okay. And so the, the, the patient asked the doctor, you know, or she, you know, the patient asked the nurse, what do you think of the doctor? Oh, he's okay. Right. And you're like, oh, you want somebody operating on you who's just okay. Just okay. Yes. But, you know, to that point, one thing that I will say, um, you know, when writing marketing content, um, it's about your customer. It's not all about you. But the thing right. that is about you is how you help people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always try to stress that when people are writing their summaries in particular, you know, is 
yes, tell me something about you because I want to know you're credible, you know, that you're an authority in your industry or you're an expert in your industry, but how are you going to help me? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, we all know in marketing, W-I-I-F-M is Mm -hmm. what's in it for me, me being your prospect or your best friend. Or one thing I really want to stress, people say to me, well, you know, two things. Um, LinkedIn is either about finding a job, which, I, you know, initially I think that's what a lot of people were using it for. But the other thing people say is, well, it's about how can I find clients? And what I tell them is, yes, it's about both, but it's also about not just clients. It's mm-hmm. about finding referral resources. Right. It's about finding affiliate partners. It's about finding, again, going back to the relationship building. Mm-hmm. I have had people who referred me because we were on LinkedIn because of one of the things we haven't really touched on yet is connecting and engaging, um, you know, and we're messaging each other and we're not messaging even really that much about business. And out of the blue, one day I get a message going, Deborah, I am going to this conference and I think you'd be a great speaker. I just gave your name to. John Doe, mm-hmm. you should look them up and connect with them on LinkedIn. So that was a referral. You know, I wasn't there on LinkedIn pitching somebody. Mm-hmm. You were just connecting and building a relationship. And from that, you get a referral. Right. So don't always think about it as, oh, my God, you know, how am I going to find clients? Mm-hmm. You might find somebody who refers you to a client. Right. And it's, it is about just building that network, um, you know, because it might be that you're going to refer, you know, somebody to someone else. I mean, you know, all these various things. It's, it's, and that is part of that relationship building. You know, if, if say somebody asks me for a copywriter and I refer them to you and it works out great, then everybody's happy. And, you know, and, and so that's one of the things to remember. It's, you know, it's not what's in it for me. It's what's in it for you. Mm-hmm. And um, to that vein, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, shoot. Oh, damn. Um, it'll come back to you. It'll come back to you. It's because I just pinged you on the, on the chat thing. Um, so, you know, what is, you know, there's one simple step that you talk about that can increase your profile view dramatically. What is that? Oh, that is having a good profile photo or having, <laughs> having a profile photo. Right. I um, love the little ghosty people. I'm sorry. I do not connect with ghosty people. Well, when, you know, when I bring that up in a workshop, I say to people, you know, so when you get a connection request from somebody on LinkedIn and you go to their profile and there's no photo, what do you do? They go, oh, you know, using some of the dating lingo these days, I swipe left. Right. Uh, they say, yeah, I, I go away. I ignore mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, and we're doing audio, so I can't show it to you, but one of the examples or a couple of them I should talk about. There's a gentleman on LinkedIn who his profile photo is a picture of him. So you can see a gen- he's wearing a suit, mm-hmm. but you don't see his face. Instead, he's got, you know, that comedy um, the in – in the theater, they have, you know, the sad face and the... Oh, right. The, uh, yeah, comedy tragedy. But. Right. That's what it is. So he's got a picture of a mask over his face, the tragedy mm-hmm. mask. Oh. And I post a picture of that up and I say to people, what do you think this gentleman does for a living? And they say, oh, you know, theater or... Right. Mm-hmm. Which that makes sense. Theater professor, you know, he's in the theater. Mm-hmm. He is ready. 
He's a certified public accountant. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, my first question at when I look at the audience is like, okay, do you want him to be your accountant? You know, and my, not if he's hiding like that. No. Well, my theory is maybe the reason he has the mask is he wants to let you know that, you know, he'll help you hide stuff on your taxes. Right. But that's just an example of a poor LinkedIn photo. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to another one that I found that was a woman smoking a cigarette. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so having a profile photo is important. One, because it will increase, LinkedIn says it increases your views 14 to 21 times. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be an appropriate, you know, professional photo. And when I say professional, some people go, I don't have the money to hire a photographer. Well, I have two comments to that. One is a lot of photographers these days are offering really affordable um, headshots. Right. For like 50 bucks because mm-hmm. they use it they use it as a lead generator mm-hmm. right but the other thing is everyone most everyone these days has a smartphone please don't take a selfie yeah, but no selfies no no put something on nice mm-hmm. stand with a nice backdrop and have a friend take your photo mm-hmm. um you know and by a nice backdrop i mean it could be a painted wall or you know it doesn't have to be anything fancy you could maybe be standing by a tree or something mm-hmm. but you know, it could be a nice photo. Don't, please don't. And I say this because I had a client do this. We were working on his profile. I said, you need a better picture. So he got a picture and it was him and his bride and he cropped out the bride. <laughs> there he was in his tuxedo. And you could see Which is she what he wears every day for work, right? Right. So you could see she was obviously cut out, you know, and he was in a tuxedo. So mm-hmm. And, you know, to that point, a tuxedo might be appropriate if you run a wedding event business. Right. You know? Or I have a client who is a executive chef. So there is a picture of him in his white chef jacket. Right. Counter with fresh vegetables mm-hmm. and food because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the photo is not the place for you at the swimming pool. I'm working with a woman right now. She has a picture of her on the golf course. Right. She's Unless she's a, a professional golfer, that's not appropriate. Right. She's not a professional golfer. Mm-hmm. She's not a golf instructor. So that's the next thing she right. needs to do is change her photo. Well, and same thing. People will tell me, but I like that picture. I look relaxed, right? You know, we all hate getting our pictures taken. And so, you know, it was a, it was a happy day when they got married or, you know, they're, they're happy on the golf course. It's it's still not appropriate. That's your Facebook picture, folks. That's not your LinkedIn picture. Right. And it's so funny as you were talking about this, I brought up a connection of mine, who years ago I noticed that it was his wedding picture, and uh-huh. I'm talking years. I just brought up his profile. It's still that still picture, there. <laughs> and I have told him, you know, it's a great picture. I know that that was a, a wonderful day for you, but you don't wear a white silk tie to work every day. Um, you know, and, and he's like, Oh yeah. And, and I said, just get a new picture. Um, you know, and, and, or my favorites are the ones where, like you said, you know, they've cropped somebody out and there's still a body part, you know, I know the hair, you know, whatever. It's like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. It, and you know, so maybe you're the little ghost picture until you get a new one, but folks know, you know, you can, you can have somebody take a better picture of you. Even if you have to, you know, and or one of the other things I, I tell people, places like Walgreens, CVS that, that do passport photos, those work perfect, you know, and, and that's uh-huh. about like eight bucks, um, you know, and, and so, you know, that's, there are certainly options. Now, 
<coughs> you know, I love the person who does my headshots for me. She actually makes me look good and younger. Yeah, we love uh-huh. that. <laughs> we but, like that. Yeah, you know, but you know, out here, and I'm sure this is in you know many other places, there will be professional organizations that will have a, an event where a professional photographer is coming in and doing, yes. you know, the twenty five, the fifty dollar pictures. You're only going to get one. So, right. you know, you need to, to be aware of that. But, you know, it, it is. It's, there, there's no excuse for not having a good picture on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And those events that you just talked about, you can get more than one. The, the photographer will do it as what they call a lost leader. So you'll mm-hmm. get one maybe for free, but then you have to pay to get the other ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and usually there's at least one that you can say, mm-hmm. oh, this will work great. Right. Um, and well, it happens. And- you know, get together a group of your friends. You know, if you know somebody who is a, a professional photographer and, and there are like, you know, four or five of you who, who need new pictures, you know, ask the photographer, hey, what will you charge if, if we do kind of a, a group type of thing? Yeah, you know, and that's a great idea. I have three uh, speaking colleagues that, that I know did that. Mm-hmm. Besides, I think, saving money, they had a ton of fun because they right. turned on music, you know, mm-hmm. they it was more upbeat and they felt less... Um, inhibited, you know, in front of the camera. Because a lot of us, when, you know, the camera goes up, people get uptight. Oh, I know. Because my extra chin is going to show my lines, my wrinkles, all that, you know, yeah. Get over it, folks. (laughs) So let's talk about another mistake, you think? Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, you go, you set up your profile on LinkedIn and you are Deb Creer, 192654333. (laughs) I don't want to be that person. How can we get our own personal URLs? So two things about getting your own personal URL. One thing is, like you said, people um, don't realize that they can get a customized LinkedIn URL or what mm-hmm. they call a vanity URL so that you would be linkedin.com slash in slash Deb Creer mm-hmm. instead of Deb Creer dot nine two one three four. Um, so you go into your LinkedIn profile and there's a section that says, you know, see contact information. Mm-hmm. And when you go in there, it'll say your profile and it'll show you what your LinkedIn URL is. And you can click on the little pencil, which for most People, I think they know now that the pencil indicates a way to edit. Right. And when you hit that, then it says profile URL, and you click on that again, and it'll pull up a box on the right-hand side of your screen that says edit URL, and it Mm -hmm. says personalize the URL for your profile. Mm -hmm. So when you click on that pencil, you can put in your name and save it. Now, if your name is not available, LinkedIn will say, sorry, you know, Deb Career is not available, so you have to decide, okay, what can I use instead? Would it right. be Deborah, Deborah Career or would it be D Career? Mm-hmm. Um, the good news about doing this is, one, it's easier for you to remember to use on a business card, to use in an email signature, but the more important thing is you can show up higher in a browser's search results. So if right. somebody is on Google and they're searching Deb Career, if you have that customized LinkedIn URL, you'll show up higher. And these days, you probably have noticed when you do a Google search, is your social profiles that are showing up higher sometimes than your own website. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's something very important to notice. At this point in time, Google and LinkedIn are playing nice with each other. <laughs> sometimes these things change, you know, and, and all sorts of things. But and And Google, of course, wants to bring up 
current and active data. You know, they don't want to bring up something that is is old and and because then you're going to stop using Google, right? So, you know, they're bringing up your LinkedIn data because hopefully it is more current, it is All more right. active, um, but it, it's, it is bringing up your LinkedIn account and, and that really is something that you want to be there. So again, you want it to be current, you want it to be active so that you do show up in those searches. Right. Absolutely. You know, because as we mentioned earlier, a lot of people do their due diligence mm-hmm. before doing business with you or if they meet you at a conference um, or an event. Lots of people say, oh, you know, look me up on LinkedIn. And that's a great place. You mentioned this very early on. It's a great place for you to see what you might have in common with Mm -hmm. that person. Right. I mean, you and I are both affiliated with the University of Colorado. You know, and, and so that's a great thing to, to initially be talking about. I mean, you know, you have a degree from, from UC Boulder. I have a degree from UC uh, Denver. And so that's just an initial point of connection, you know, and, and so we can be talking about that. Or maybe you went to um, a competitor school or something like, you know, it, it again, that's, that's a great point of connection. Um, you know, when I uh, was networking with somebody one time, I noticed that they went to the University of Nebraska, which for Colorado people, that's like, oh, bad, danger, danger. So it came and, to mind. <laughs> and, and so I, you know, I actually brought it up and, or, and, and, you know, and, and then we poked fun at some other total, you know, some other university, but it gave us something to be chatting about to <clears throat> build that relationship. Yep. And I was on a call the other day with a gentleman. And when I looked at his LinkedIn profile, I saw that he was connected to somebody that I knew. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you know, do you, have you met him in person? And it yeah. turns out we both, um, this gentleman who I was talking to and I had both done, if you remember the days of Blab. Ah, um, mm-hmm. you Blab together. <laughs> we had both done um, a weekly Blab and we had that gentleman as one of our guests. Mm-hmm. And that gave us something in common to talk about is, oh, one, we found out we both had done Blab, so Mm -hmm. we talked about that. Then we talked about this gentleman we had in common. So it lightens the conversation Mm -hmm. quite a bit because you discover that you have certain things in common, and then you can take it from there. Right. Well, now let's talk about one of the other things. Now, and this is my pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve, the request to connect and the mistakes (laughs) that people make on those. So let's just kind of go through some of those. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And actually, I, when I'm doing a workshop, I say, what's the biggest mistake people make on LinkedIn? And to me, this is it. And it's mm-hmm. not taking the time when you reach out to send a connection request to personalize that request. Right. Because when you go, and here's a couple of things. I always tell people, first off, when they're going to send a connection request, to go to the person's profile. Mm-hmm. Not to hit any of the buttons where LinkedIn says, you know, here's somebody who viewed your profile, you might want to connect. Go to their profile and hit the connect button from there. Right. And when you do that, LinkedIn automatically pops up a window that says, oh, you have a higher chance of having your invitation accepted if you personalize your request. Mm-hmm. And so this is where, you know, knowing some of the things you might have in common come in handy or telling the person why you're reaching out. So for example, you went to an event and you met John Doe and now you're going to reach out to him on LinkedIn. Well, send the connection request and say, John, it was a pleasure meeting you at the XYZ event. Mm -hmm. I loved the conversation we had about XYZ. 
Um, I'd love to connect with you here on LinkedIn. What do you say? That's it. Short and sweet. Right. It's not about pitching. It's not about, hey, John Doe, I have this great product that I'm selling. And you may have had this, Deb. I know some other LinkedIn um, professionals that we know have had people send them a connection request and say, I can help you with LinkedIn. Oh, like I know. I love that. And then I respond and I say, clearly, you never read my profile. <laughs> right. Um, so this is where I say ditch the pitch mm -hmm. just send out the connection request and make it short and sweet LinkedIn is going to cut you off I think it's 300 characters that's fairly short mm -hmm. but let people know why you're connecting especially if you've never met them so um, and this is another question people come up with oh Deborah, I get all these requests from people I don't know so why should I even bother? Mm -hmm. I just ignore them or I delete them. Mm -hmm. I say don't ignore them because that person could be a good referral resource. Or if you're looking for a job, maybe that person could be the gatekeeper mm -hmm. that helps you get through to the person you actually need to speak with. But you don't have to accept the invitation right away. Go right. check out their profile first. Mm -hmm. See if you have anything in common. See if you have friends in common. See if their profile is even filled out. Because sometimes, sadly, there are bogus, you know, requests mm -hmm. out there. Well, um, and it's okay to ask, why did you reach out to me? That's well, exactly. Don't be rude about it. Why would you send me a request to connect? <laughs> so here's one thing that I suggest that people do when they get a request from someone they don't know. And they look at their profile and think, oh, that could be somebody, you know, that's interesting to connect with. Mm -hmm. Send reply, but don't accept. Right. There's a way to do that. Um, it's hard to explain it here without the visual, but you can go in there and reply to that person and say, hi, John, you know, thanks for sending me that request. However, I'm curious, mm -hmm. were you referred to me by somebody or were you just searching LinkedIn? It helps me to know how people connect with me. Right. Most often people will respond to that. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I've had somebody that responds and just says, thanks. Right. Like, okay. Or you get the spam, you know, well, yeah, I thought you'd make really a connection because I, I can do X, Y, Z for you. <laughs> yes. And sometimes people will say, oh, Deborah, you know, I was searching LinkedIn and um, I'm also a copywriter and I see you're a copywriter. So I thought it would be nice to connect or, mm -hmm. oh, Deborah, we met at an event, you know, but the event was two years ago and I'm, did and actually, when they say we actually somebody just recently said that, Deborah, we met at an event um, and I bought your book. Ooh. And when I thought back, it was like probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So when I responded to her, I said, thanks for reminding me that we have met. And I'm sorry I didn't recognize, you know, who you were. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, just be human. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, relationships, folks, relationships. Right. Yes. So whatever you do, really just take a moment to personalize that connection request, mm -hmm. you know, and just send a short message saying why you're reaching out. And that gives, you know, it takes, it's the great way to start the conversation and build the relationship. Yep. If you want to connect with this person, why not start out with talking to them? Mm -hmm. So... You know, and I love it when somebody sends me a message and says, you know, this, you know, I'm reaching out to you, you know, because of X, Y, Z. I always respond to that, you know, and, and yes. unless it is truly something that I can tell is spammy, um, you know, then, and, you know, and so I respond to that. And, and those are the people I tend to connect with more quickly. You know, the ones that, that don't send me that, well, you know, they're, they're going to go a little bit further down in the queue. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm looking while we're talking. I just went and there's, you know, a couple of invitations in my LinkedIn box. Mm -hmm. And the first three I'm looking at have not sent any kind of personalized request. And I don't know who any of these people are. Right. So I will send them my message. You know, I can see that we have some common connections. Mm -hmm. But even when I see those common connections, I don't want to assume that that's why they're reaching out. I want to, I want to see when you start having a big network. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to have that conversation first and find out, okay, why are you reaching out? Mm-hmm. Or how are we connected? Right. Because sometimes you'll find, you know, you have common connections, but you go, mm, I don't remember who that mm-hmm. person I connected with. Right. You know, and, and if you don't get a response or you get a salesy pitch, then it's like, okay, not going to connect with you. Um, right. When, and now I don't tell them that. Because they're not going to notice either, you know, right. and, and so that's okay. You know, they've just gone through and picked a whole bunch of people. You know, and one of the tips that I tell people, because they're like, how do I build my network? I tell them, add one person a day. Yeah, just one person a day or five people in a week. I mean, you know, if you want to do the math on it, you're still going to get the, you know, that, that right number. But, you know, you go to a networking event, you get five business cards. Well, there's your five people right there. You know, or look through the, the connections that LinkedIn is suggesting. And, and it's suggesting them for a specific reason. You have mutual connections. You have, you know, there's, there's some reason why Nothing LinkedIn common. thinks it would be good. Yes, but just remember, I uh, if you just click on the connect button from there, most often, LinkedIn just sends out the right. generic. You get the generic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you want to go to the profile. Yep. And I remember what it was that I wanted to say earlier when I went blank, because we've been talking about networking. Mm-hmm. Um, the statistic, the last statistic I saw from LinkedIn is that 73% of the people who are on LinkedIn use it for networking. Right. So uh, there's a large percentage of people that that's why they're there. It's mm-hmm. not always, you know, let's just see how I can get business from you, but let's right. see how we can connect and help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I haven't shared this story in a while, but I used it when we were moving from Denver to Atlanta. Um, you know, luckily we had a lot of notice, as in like 18 months, that the company was going to relocate us to to Atlanta. And so I got, you know, about six months before we were ready to move. I went into LinkedIn and I searched for people within a certain zip code. I guessed at the zip code where we might be living. Happened to guess right. I mean, that was just kind of funny. But I, you know, I had it bring up people within 10 miles. Atlanta's big. 10 miles is, is a pretty big area. And so then I just, you know, about 10 a day, I would send a request to connect. I always personalized it. And I said, you know, something, and now it didn't matter to me who they were, what they did, any of that. I was just more, I just wanted the location. And so somebody else, you know, you might do it differently. You might be, you know, if you're being very strategic about your networking, you know, you might be only looking for specific people, but I was, you know, a little bit more general. So then I sent them notes and I said, Hi there. You know, I am. Uh, we, you know, we're relocating from Denver to Atlanta in 2012, and you know, at this point, I'm just building my network. I'm hoping you'll connect with me. It's all I said. You know, something as simple and basic as that. Uh-huh. To a person, they accepted my request to connect. I didn't have a single one turn me down or ignore me. Um, and so that was great. I thanked them. That and that was all we did, and so then I just started building my network that way. I gained, and then I, you know, and I didn't want to get overwhelming, so I, I only did that until I had about a hundred people. So then, when I got here, I reconnected, you know, to those hundred people again, uh-huh. personal message, and I said, you know, hey, you know, you might remember 
connected back in whenever because we were relocating. We're here now. I would love to take you out for coffee so I can learn more about your business. Again, not salesy, not anything. About half took me up on it. And and to this day, some of them I still talk to every day. I mean, you know, it's awesome. some really great connections. A lot of coffee during that time period. <laughs> and only one person actually made me buy the coffee, you know, and, and uh-huh. which I thought was kind of funny. But, you know, it was really one of those things where I very strategically used LinkedIn to build my network. And, you know, it, it was, you know, and, and like I said, you could even fine tune it even more, you know, and, and so it was a great way for me to build a network in an area that I was moving to. Um, that's a great example. I love that. You know, um, and it's non-threatening. <laughs> right. And I told them exactly why I was connecting with them. And so that's probably why you got such a great response. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was um, no BS mm-hmm. and sincere and authentic. And when you had coffee with them, my guess is knowing you that, you know, it wasn't like you sat down and said, how can you, how can I sell my services to this right. person? It was more, let me find mm-hmm. out who this person is and yep. <clears throat> develop some great relationships as a result. Well, and I researched them again on LinkedIn right before we met. When? In particular, I looked at their picture. So, hello, this is why it's so important to have a current picture so that I could call them by name. I could walk up to them in Starbucks say or that. wherever and say, hi, Bob. Hi, Sue. Um, I'm Deb Creer. You know, and, and they were like, ooh, you knew who I was. Now, you right. know, I tell, you know, but then I, part of reading their profile was to get those little nuggets. And I, you know, so some of them I said, I see that you're part of, you know, as the conversation's going, you know, you're part of X business association or you do this or, you know, all those, I'm gesturing here as we're talking. Um, and uh, <laughs> my cats always think it's very funny. Um, you know, and, and so it, again, it gave me that, those touch points where I could ask them questions and they all loved the fact that I had, had done my research. Now, some of them I did even further. You know, if it uh-huh. looked like they were really going to be a, a great business contact, I would go in and look at their website, you know, some things like that. But, you know, one of the people that I met with, I think within a week of getting out here is one of the people that I still communicate with virtually every day. Um, you know, and, and he got me tied into the business associations. He introduced me to other people. And one of the things he told me was, because it was such an unassuming, nice contact with him, he was more than happy to help me. To help you. Yep. You know, and, and so that's the, the thing to remember. And, and, you know, especially if you're relocating, you know, or starting a new business or, again, looking for a job, things like this. It's, it's you know, how can you help them? You know, and, and let's, let's take out the sales piece because if they want to buy something from you, they will hopefully have done their research enough to know that. Now, that's not to say that you're never going to, to approach that because we are business people and we have to earn money too, but it needs to be about them first. So, you know, it, it could be something along the lines of, hey, you know, I noticed that you're part of X Business Association, Chamber of Commerce, you know, whatever it is. I'm, you know, I, I speak about LinkedIn. Would you know how I could, you know, get in contact with somebody or something like that? So you're getting your little sales pitch in without the, the flashing lights and whacking them over the head. <laughs> yes, you definitely don't want to whack them over the head. I know, I know. And, and right, we get that on LinkedIn, um, you know, and, and it's usually, it is the people that spam us that we're immediately, nope, you know, and the bad part is they might really be a good connection, but they've turned us off almost uh. from the start. Yeah, you know, I have a message. I'm looking for it now in my LinkedIn inbox. 
um, where the guy who sent me a connection request and said, I wanted to connect with you about your public speaking career to discuss ways we can grow your personal brand on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> so, you know, right there he's pitching me and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a good service he has, but that right. to me. Well, and if he had stopped at, I'd like to know more about your speaking business. Mm-hmm. That would have been great because then later on he could have pitched to you and said, you know, hey, we're a speaker's bureau, you know, we're in SEO optimization, whatever it is, because then you would have developed that relationship. Right. You know, and it's, it's interesting because as you mentioned this earlier, you know, we all either have businesses or have jobs and, you know, we do need to make money to pay our bills. Um, but you first need to develop the relationship. Mm-hmm. and. When you do, lots of times, as we said early on, maybe that person doesn't become your client, but they, like the gentleman you just mentioned, who introduced you to all the business associations. Right. You, know, you, you may have never done business with him. You may never do business with him, mm-hmm. but look how helpful he was for you. Right. So, Deborah, we've only got a couple minutes left. And, and so one of the things that I always like to ask, because I get this question too, is how much time do you think somebody should spend on LinkedIn to, to really be using it uh, in, a, in a way that will work best? Oh, well, asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's kind of, somebody asked me, well, how long are you on Facebook? And I said, well, that's, it's, it's open all the time. So that's not, but I'm not reading it all the time. Oh, well, see, I'll shut down Facebook because yeah, if it's open, then I, you know, I'm getting yeah, squirrel. I don't, I don't get notifications on my phone for anything. I don't get notifications for right. Facebook mm-hmm. or LinkedIn or anything like that. What I suggest to people, especially those who say, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. You know, I can't do one more thing. Find 15 minutes in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, or 15 minutes at night. Now, my guess is for someone like me and you, we're probably spending more than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But for the person that's just trying to get their feet wet and really start to use it, find some time to go in, go to your homepage, see what people are posting, like it, comment it, share on it, just so people can see that you're engaging with them. Mm-hmm. Or if you have posted something and you see somebody has liked it, someone said to me the other day, oh my God, but what if I get like 900 comments or responses? Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> and the woman, the woman who said it isn't even on LinkedIn. Oh, you know, okay. but I'm like, so why are you worrying about that yet? Right. First, when you post it, start engaging as soon as you post it, when you see people are liking or commenting. Mm-hmm. So for example, I just started that position as a faculty member at the university. I posted that on my LinkedIn profile and it's blowing up with people saying congratulations. Mm-hmm. I go in and I respond. Right. You know, because as we've been saying all along, it's about interacting and engaging. So that might take me some more time. But for those of you that are feeling, you know, overwhelmed by social media in general, carve out a little bit of time. The more that you find that you're starting to get engagement, you know, that people are communicating and conversing with you, the more time you'll start to spend on it. Mm -hmm. So you just have to learn how to manage that time. But yes, it is about priorities. You know, yes. if I spend two hours a day on Facebook, which I don't, but, um, you know, if I took, you know, just 15 minutes of that time and spend it on LinkedIn, let's be honest, it would be better for me. Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's a good point to make is, you know, is what you're doing helping you um, 
with your business or is it just distracting you from getting something done? Right. You know, and, and to me, that's Facebook, you know, that it is the distraction. But it's funny, I just saw the, I'm, you know, scrolling through LinkedIn as we talk, and there was a really funny video on here that totally caught my attention. It had nothing to do with business, but it was very funny. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and, but that, you know, that kind of, the person who posted it had a reason to post it, you know, and, and so, um, you know, and, and, but, oh my gosh, we are at the top of the hour where we just scratched the surface. So, you know, we'll definitely have you on again. But you do work with people to write their profiles. And we mentioned sometimes that the, the best thing you can do is to hire a copywriter. Um, you know, you give seminars, you give, you, you have your book. So how do people find you and connect with you online? Well, they can go to LinkedIn, um, but they can also go to my website. So as a copywriter, my website is rightdirection.com, which is W-R-I-T-E rightdirection.com mm-hmm. and uh, as a speaker they can go to debrajason.com <coughs> excuse me which is d-e-b-r-a as you mentioned early on and those are probably the easiest ways my book is millionaire marketing on a shoestring budget.com when you order it directly from that website you get an autographed copy with a gold shoestring i have mine i love it <laughs> If you don't care about the autograph or the gold shoestring, you can also go to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and purchase it there. Perfect. I love it. Well, Deborah, do you have any final words for our listeners? Oh, just remember that LinkedIn is about building and nurturing relationships, you know, and when you do that, when you have a robust and optimized profile, that gives people a reason to look at you and engage with you and find something in common with you. Then you'll have the opportunity to develop those relationships. And LinkedIn says you'll be 40 times more likely to receive opportunities through the network. Wow. I love it. Well, folks, make sure that you connect with Deborah online on, and especially on LinkedIn. Um, and you know, we will obviously have her on again because we've got so many more things to talk about. But until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking, talking with Deborah Jason. And everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.